0: and welcome it's the independence gang i'm your host jv along with co-host Britt griffith we've got two great guest panelists tonight jr you've seen jr before and man you are sporting some shirt tonight jr that looks really good i kind of think you might have uh uh, Betsy Ross living with you um, J.R. Cheka to see if you've got the, ga- the uh, show playing somewhere there Because I just heard it uh, coming back to us through your audio feed And new to the show tonight, Trish, welcome to the program Trish, you are also in the great free state of Florida Where uh, one of our other guest panelists, Jeff, uh, lives And uh, every time he comes on, and now every time you come on We're going to be jealous because you know what freedom tastes like
1: well, I live in Palm Beach County, so don't
0: be too jealous. <laughs> well, it's still Florida, and you still have Ron DeSantis as a governor. All good stuff. Britt, this is episode number 50. Chad is excited about it. JR pointed it out when he joined, uh, connected with us here. Um, is it a milestone, or is, does it just mean that uh, that uh, you know we've been doing it too long already? I don't know which of the two it is.
2: Is it a milestone? I mean, I don't know. Is it official? I guess when radio shows hit 50, it's something to celebrate, maybe?
0: Um, well, we'll celebrate. I yeah, I mean, we could celebrate. I'll go with that. Nothing wrong with
3: that. Yeah,
2: whatever. I don't know. I just, you know, you know what? I don't care how many episodes we do. I just want to. I just want to complain on the internet, and that's what this is all about. Yeah. And and I love the fact that we have Trish on, who uh, lives walking distance from Mar-a-Lago. So I think we're going to deputize her as our as our Trump stalking roving reporter. I love um, it. Although I did hear that, I do hear that. I did hear that Trump said, Ah, the summer, the summer's too much in Florida, so I'm going back to New York. So he's apparently yeah, back he's up in his in New York uh, property.
1: New Jersey. He's in New Jersey. Yeah. New
2: Jersey? New yeah. Jersey. Oh, yeah. Screw New York. He needs to stay out of New York. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So he so he left. So, so Trish, we have to follow him up there.
0: I think if we had to find a downside to living in Florida, it might be that the summers probably get pretty toasty. Pretty roasty. Yeah, Trish, you agree with that?
1: Yeah, but it definitely. But that's why you get a, pool, a house with
0: a pool. Well, makes sense.
1: Problem solved.
0: Makes sense. Well, we're all and gonna, air conditioning. We're, yeah, well, you definitely have to have air conditioning. We're all going to be uh, having difficulty getting any of these things if uh, things continue in the path that they're going on. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about tonight is this new term. I don't know how new it is, but it's uh, Bidenomics. Now we all heard about Reaganomics, and you know these this you know add the president's last name and add uh, anomics on the back. And you've got uh, basically a word that uh, is supposed to encapsulate their economic policies. And right now, they're talking about biden uh, being very, very similar and heading us in a direction that will put us uh, somewhere close to where Jimmy Carter's economic policies did in the 1970s. And if you remember anything about the 70s, for those of you who are alive or you had parents talking about them, it was not a particularly good time for Americans or American consumers there were gas shortages, gas lines. Uh, we had the oil embargo from OPEC, so there were gas shortages and oil shortages. There was runaway inflation. If you were buying a home back then, JR, you know, interest rates were, it was not uncommon, 12 13 14% mortgage rates. Compared to what we've been experiencing the last twenty or so years around here, and you know these numbers better than me, um, but you know we've been we've been two, three, four, five percent for a lot of years. It's hard to imagine a time when interest rates were in double digits uh, consistently.
3: Yeah, well, uh, I've I've uh, talked to people that uh, said their first house they bought in in like 1980 they paid 18 percent interest for their mortgage, and you know during. Uh, you know, I've been in the financial sector for 30 some years and, you know, I can remember, you know, the, the saying was eight is great. And that was normal mortgage home. You know, my first mortgage was, was, uh, eight and a quarter or something like that in, uh, the early nineties. So that's not like ancient history, but, uh, we've had for, Oh, 15 years. Uh, you know, like, like you said, four or five, even three, I, my uh, mortgage most recently was two and three quarters, fixed for you know, for uh, 15 years, and even today there's still only four percent or something like that. So, you know, it's like the 30 year old stockbrokers on Wall Street—they've never seen an inflate, you know, inflation or uh, or corrections or things that you know anybody that's got some gray hair. Guess what? Has that perspective. But uh, our country, if you're 30 years old or less, you haven't really seen a lot of difficult times. And uh, I was around in the, in the 70s and uh, early 80s when Paul Volcker finally put, started raising rates extremely high and Reagan had his back and that's what it took to kind of break that inflation. But uh, I'm not convinced the current Fed and President uh, has that same uh, fortitude.
0: Well, we're going to have a lot to talk about in regards to that tonight. Thursday's consumer price index increase totaled, or they they announced it as 5% year over year, which is the highest level in 13 years. And uh, there's an article here that was in the New York Post that says inflation is a regressive tax that hits hardest at working class and poor Americans. Uh, Trish, you know... You know, people who have to get in their car, drive to work in the morning and come home, blue collar folks, um, maybe minimum wage folks, this hurts them the most. And it's not necessarily a tax, as Biden has said all along, that he's not going to tax anybody more that makes under $400,000 a year. But it has the same consequence, Trish.
1: Absolutely. No, the gas prices alone, like just I I mean, just look at what I pay. I have a little itty bitty economical car and I could fill up for 19, 20 bucks. Now, that's $35, $38. I mean, we're we're talking substantial amounts of money out of my pocket every week. And so people who live paycheck to paycheck, I can't even imagine what that strain is doing to them.
0: And, Britt, this doesn't stop just with the price of goods. Another thing that's happening is that the government is continuing to pay Americans, millions of Americans, in fact, not to work what this is doing it's creating an artificial labor shortage and it's artificially inflating wages um the federal government is pouring trillions and trillions of dollars into the economy in spending it's proposing more you know when you look at at, at this this economic circumstance that we call inflation and you and you say you know what's going to fuel that, well, there's a lot of different things that can fuel it. And it seems like Biden's federal government is throwing every fuel it can get its hands on into this fire. And it's going to result in just, uh, you know, as as the New York Post has said here, uh, returned to Jimmy Carter's
2: 1970s. It's going to be chaos. So here's the deal, people and all you millennials and youngins who think it's cool to sit at home and get paid on the couch and play your video games and not do anything. I don't care how much money you have. If there's not someone at the factory making the widget, you're not going to be able to buy it. So think about it. You know, you're laying on the couch going, oh, I got to play my game. I'm not going to work. I got my government stimmy from President Biden. I'm cool. Well, but you like hamburgers or you like bacon and you want to go to the supermarket to get that hamburger meat and that bacon meat. The problem is the the people working at that would be working at the slaughterhouse to make the hamburger and the bacon. They're sitting on the couch with you playing the video game, smoking the pot, you know, and. Hey, they got their stimmy from the federal government. They don't have to work. So you're gonna have all this cash in your hands and you're gonna go to the grocery store to buy that hamburger meat or that bacon. And it ain't gonna be there because there's no one making it. And that is the problem. If no one's making it, I don't care how much money you have, you're going to starve. And that's what's going on right now. People aren't going to work. So there's a worker shortage. Factories are shutting down, reduce shifts. And there's so many of us, even when they just cut, cut a shift or a shift and a half out of a a whole 24 hour cycle, that's not enough to supply us in our big cities and that's, what's going on right now. And if you don't freaking wake up and see that you got to get off your ass and go to work, we are going to implode. There's going to be shortages and we're going to live in a pod and they're going to feed us bugs.
0: Two very quick questions before I move on, Britt. First of all, is stimmy a word? Is that a word that people are using? Yeah, I stim- got my stimmy? stimmy stim-
2: if, you, if you surf TikTok like I do, because I went on a three-hour TikTok binge last night, <laughs> um, apparently the word for the stimulus check, they're calling it a stimmy. Hey, I got my stimmy. Oh, man. So we call it a stimmy now.
0: All right, quick quick follow-up question, then we'll move, move on here. Um, do you think what we're seeing here, as I just said, The Biden administration seemed to throwing every kind of fuel on this inflation fire. Is is this a self-inflicted mistake or do you think it's intentional?
2: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think we have some people that are controlling the useful idiots within our government that are idealistic. So there are some that are doing this on purpose and kind of guiding the Soros level types, the Bloomberg level types, the world big billionaires. But we have people that are within the Biden administration, our federal government in general, actually, that are woke as fuck and they believe this and they think marxism will work they cannot read a history book because they don't know how to read and they weren't educated properly they can't look around the world and realize that marxism communism is successful zero percent of the time it has never worked anywhere it's been tried and they don't realize that
0: all right moving on there's a new jersey school district that has decided to remove all holiday names from their calendar to avoid hurting anybody's feelings A New Jersey school district, this is from uh, the Washington Examiner, by the way. The New Jersey school district opted to strip its calendar of all holidays Thursday after an outcry from dozens of angry parents over a single move. Now, here's what they were trying to do. Jr. they were trying to change on their calendar... Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, and the parents got pissed off and said, "No, we don't support this." So what did they do? They said, "Well, the hell with you. We're going to remove all holidays from the calendar just to spite you." This is another example of boards of education almost being adversaries of the parents of the children they're teaching.
3: Nuts. Well, you you know I've had my hat in that ring for uh, uh, a decade and a half here, so. I can't imagine, uh, you know, letting the tail wag the dog. But uh, we've we've had many uh, many people pipe in about certain things, and oftentimes it is the minority. If there's a way to accommodate them without it being ridiculous, such as the first day of school uh, this coming fall was at, actually on a Jewish holiday. So, you know, we, you know we didn't realize it and we made an adjustment and uh, everybody, you know, seemed to be fine with it. And, uh, but when you start, if you're gonna to do something that extreme, in other words, you can't call Christmas, Christmas anymore, even though I don't know what percent of the country are, are you know, Christian, but uh, you know, it, it's just, you're going to offend somebody. You can't please all the people all the time as the saying goes. and and in politics they try but uh you know it's it's just crazy you have to have enough of a backbone to just say hey here's the deal um i'm sorry but we can't please everybody and guess what in politics generally 51% is a good margin right yeah so
0: yeah <laughs> trish uh have we become so soft and so Hampered that seeing a a name of a holiday on a cal- calendar that we may or may not observe is offensive to us. We can't even see the words printed on a calendar without becoming upset about that. Is that where we are as a nation?
1: In education, absolutely. Like I I can tell you that we are not allowed to call Christmas break Christmas break. It's our winter break. We're not allowed to call the spring break this the short weekend we get for Easter Sunday we're not allowed to call that Easter weekend anymore it's our spring break it's I it's the insane the policing of language has got to stop it that I mean this is absolute insanity absolute insanity
0: Brent. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and I was in school, I didn't care what the hell they called the holiday. I was just happy to be out of school. You know, Call it whatever you want. I don't care if it was a Jewish holiday, if it was a Muslim holiday, if it was Kwanzaa, if it was a Christian. It didn't matter. If I got the day off, I loved it.
2: Sounds like you should work for the federal government. (laughs) I liked being at school. I didn't like the hall. Ho- I want to work every day of my life, and I want to be at school so I could learn more, so I could be more successful. I'm not buying this. You, on this. the other hand, looking for that handout.
0: <laughs> I'm not, not buying this for a second.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, here's the deal. If you're offended by words, you don't deserve to be an American. There, I said it. Get the fuck over it. This country was built on rugged individualism. Work hard or die. If you don't want to work for your money, Piss the fuck off, please. I don't care if you die. Go away, starve to death, or figure out how to pick up a hammer and bang a nail. I'm done with this this sensitivity shit. We need hard times. I am so ready for this shit to collapse. I would love to see a depression where people are in food lines, having to have their bread and get their cup of soup so that these millennials, and what's under the millennials, the Gen Zers, that they will see some hard times so that they understand that... Nothing is for free. They've been so spoiled by our parents at our level. Our grandparents worked their asses off to give us a good life. We've worked our asses off to give our kids a good life. And they are spoiled. Spoiled, rotten. That if, I'm sorry, if words on a calendar offend you, you are a pussy. Please die.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to make a comment, then I'm going to let you take it, Britt. We just just passed the 77th anniversary of D-Day. We talked about it on this program. Biden didn't talk about it, by the way, but we did on this program. We talked about Mm -hmm. the fact that 18, 19, 20-year-old boys stormed beaches into uh, machine gun fire, um, uh, 88-millimeter anti-flak fire, uh, artillery fire, tank fire, uh, flamethrower fire. They stormed these beaches. They didn't know what they were running into, but they ran anyway. And they freed Europe. And that is hardship. That is a nation coming together. And, and all the men and women who sacrificed to win World War II. It, it was this nation coming together for a common purpose and sacrificing. Since that war We've had wars and we've had people die in wars. We've had people suffer in wars, but we've not had a national sacrifice like we did in World War II. And that's why they're the greatest generation and we're soft because we haven't, and not that I'm wishing this on us, but I want us to appreciate what they did. We have not had to sacrifice like that in any way. You know, I mean, oh. it, it's it's unbelievable how good we've had it for so long. And you've made this point before, Britt. So uh, go ahead and take it with what you've got.
2: Uh, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit just a little bit, but you know, I, I saw this meme going around this uh, in the conservative circles, and I thought, man, this is really kind of cool. This this is the the GOP uh, the GOP's bench. This is these are the up and comers, and you know, we always hear the grand old the GOP the grand the the party of the old white man. I am sorry, but but the the, the up and comers in the GOP movement they're black, they're Asian, they're women, they're men, they're gay, they're straight, and, and everything in between. And, and, and I follow a lot of these people that are in this particular meme right here, um, and they're articulate, they are intelligent. Some are highly educated, some are just blue collar workers, but they're out there doing the job, spreading the word of conservatism, of libertarianism, of small government um, and, and, and our, our rights. Um, so my question to you, Trish, I'll go to you first. When you see this, I mean, I this this gives me hope for the future of the GOP or 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 of our kind of our side of the street, so to speak. Does this give you hope? Do you see this? Does this make you proud that we have the GOP finally has a huge tent of diversity going on?
1: Yes, and I'm I'm honestly I'm very proud of the especially the Black Americans who are standing up and saying, listen, that the GOP is not this this whole. My favorite myth that I think that I makes me giggle the most, especially when I'm on Twitter, is this myth that the, the GOP is the party of racism and i'm like what history books did you not did you not pay attention in high school because <laughs> that is not the party of racism in fact it's the polar opposite um, so i'm very proud of of the people who are now coming forward you know i there are times i don't agree with them and that's fine you know i know i'm not going to agree with everything they have to say but i am so very proud of them for speaking out and speaking up because the left is so racist especially against the black community that they are incapable of getting an id to vote that that is that is just racist to have it have an id for vote because these poor black people just can't get to the dmv to get an id it's absolutely an insane idea that they are incapable
2: yeah absolutely and and, and i mean i'm sorry but if we go back over history uh Slavery defended by the Dixiecrats, fought by the Dixiecrats, fought by the Democrats, the Klan-Bake, all Democrats. Who invented the KKK? Democrats. So I'm gonna go to you, Jr. With this rant. Um, the KKK was Democrats. Uh, who who fought against uh, the Civil Rights there? Who was the one out there uh, sicking the dogs on the black people marching, the Martin Luther King level? It was all Democrats. You look at the. You look at. You take the time and you people out out there that happen to stumble across us, You kids, you millennials, you 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 Gen Zers, look up the freaking history. Look up their freaking history. Do not believe MSNBC. Do not believe CNN. Go to the congressional record and look up the record. Of who voted against the Civil Rights Act? Who voted against the Jim Crow, getting rid of the Jim Crow laws? It was the Democrats, 100%. You might get a, De- a Republican here or there, but for the most part, it was the Democrats. And JR, who were the first African-American senators in the federal government? They were black out of Texas, right? Who's the racist party? Is it the Republicans or is it the Democrats? What's say you, JR?
3: Well, I think uh, we talked about it in the past when we actually did look at history and uh, the Republican Party was born out of the civil rights movement and 100% of the Democrats voted against that, uh, that issue. So that's where it started. And I, I think, um, you know, forever and a day here, it seems like the Democrats have had the minorities in their pocket, but I think that has started to break. And you saw some of the statistics that happened in the last election that uh, Trump uh, achieved a greater vote in the uh, Hispanic and black community than uh, I think ever was this statistic. So I think, you know, when he ran, you know, initially, what he uh, created these uh, enterprise zones in, in these, you know, crippled cities like Detroit, where he created these economic zones and really focused on helping the working class man and the minorities, and he brought them. He did what he said, and 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 guess yep. what? That that stuck with the with the the minorities, and I, I think it's it's really helped uh, the Republican Party as a whole uh, be more of a uh, broader tent. And you're certainly seeing, as you showed in the in the pictorial there of the makeup of all these folks. It's, it's certainly a bigger tent than it ever has been in my view.
2: Yeah. And, and I love that fact. I'm so glad that we're opening the tent. I am so proud that Trump was the first president. Well, at the time he was a pre- uh, president, uh, he was going to run for it, but on the RNC stage, he was the first Republican. What would he be uh, a candidate? Thank you. I answered my own question, in my own head, um, to go up on stage and hold up the LGBT flag just to say, Hey, you know, we may all, we may disagree on some stuff, but hey, you, we're accepting. Come. We don't care. Just be good humans. That's all we want, JV. So my question to you, JV, is is I, is I ran across this, and I'm going to pull it up right now. So this, this is a freshman congressman, and it won't come up. There it goes. Uh, and he is, um, uh, what district was he out of? This is from BuzzFeed. But he is a Republican black congressman, uh, Byron Donald, And the Black Caucus will not let him in to the Black Caucus, the Congressional Black Caucus. Now, the Black Caucus is registered as a, as a bipartisan uh, group, but there are no Republicans allowed in there, and they're not letting him in there. So, And then the media always cites the Black Caucus as this bipartisan group who dislikes whatever policy Trump was doing at the time. But my question to you, J.V., is if you're not going to let any Republicans in, how how bipartisan are you? And then if we as thinking human beings think back to the press citing the Black Caucus as this independent arbiter of, of thought process in the Black community, but they're all Democrats. So once again, the media is lying to us and the Democrats are racist.
0: Well, the media has been lying continuously, which is why many minorities still support the Democrat Party, because they don't get the truth. And as uh, I think it was um, somebody in our chat room, maybe it was Mary Grace. Yeah, she said Democrats have always said the opposite of what is the truth. And they do. They re they redefine things into a language that uh, suits their needs, but it's not the truth. Uh, regarding Byron Donalds, the Congressional Black Caucus is the most recent example of of what the real motivations are here. It's not the congressional black liberal caucus, but it is. But that's not what they're called, and that's not what their mission is. But yet they're denying a conservative black congressman from joining this caucus because he does not represent their views. He's a conservative. So that tells you what their real objective is. The real objective here is not to represent the black's And the black community and the blacks who are in Congress, the real objective is another liberal uh, organization that can further and advance the liberal agenda. But it doesn't end there. The ACLU, what is the ACLU supposed to be doing? They're supposed to be protecting the civil civil liberties of all Americans where they see injustice. Do they do that? No, they only do it for liberal causes for liberal injustices, according to their version or their worldview. What about the NAACP? It's the same thing. So you've got all of these groups that have these missions that are supposed to be protecting, helping, representing all Americans. But really, when you lift up the lid and you look inside, you realize they only do that for you. And feminism is another example of this. They only do it if you're liberal. How many uh, how many conservative women, leaders, uh, throughout... Whether it's governors, whether it's Congresspersons, whether it's you know state legislators, whether it's just uh, people who you should aspire to, uh, want to emulate like Candace Owens, how many of those people get the support of the feminist movement? None, because they're not about women; they're about liberal causes, and this is another example of that.
2: They're about power, their power and their money. That's what it's all about, and and it's also about keeping the minority community on the plantation. They cannot let these groups, these black caucus groups, ACLU, NAACP, they all support these politicians that have been running the inner cities for a hundred years. And in that hundred years, have has the black community for the mo as a whole, have they improved? No, they have well, not hold on. Let let, gotten let, let me just,
0: let me just jump in <laughs> here because they did they were improving significantly until LBJ's Great Society. And when the Great Society uh, was launched by Johnson um, and it created a a culture of dependency in the black community and it reversed many of those gains and it it has really destroyed the black family. It has destroyed the black community and the Democrats are doubling down on that by trying to defund the police. They're doing (laughs) they're just continually adding to this this effort to destroy black communities. And this is the latest example of it.
2: All right, so I got, I got, you know, I'm the, the glasses half empty kind of guy. Actually, glasses kind of empty kind of guy when it comes to all this stuff we're going on. But I found something that gives me hope, JV. And, wow. and I think I've talked about this, but I'm going to talk about it again. Um, so Facebook has removed 18 million misleading posts about COVID-19 since the beginning of the pandemic and labeled more than 167 million others. You know, they put that little label on it and you got to click on it. So Rasmussen did this poll about coronavirus specifically, 68% think the virus came from the Chinese lab. So why this gives me hope, JV, is because with as much as the big tech tyrants, the mainstream media has tried to suppress all the stuff and protect the Communist Chinese Party because they're all communists, apparently. It's not working. 68% of us are seeing through it. So I'm going to go to you, Trish, seeing that poll seeing that 68% of us. Now, if you dive into the into the, into the the internals of the poll, it's like 89% of Republicans and 60 something percent of independents and 29% of, of Democrats, you know, think it came from. But bottom line is the majority of us are seeing through the big tech censorship, the media blackouts and the politicians lying to us. Does that give you hope at all that we might actually get through this?
1: It, it does give me a lot of hope because unfortunately, i i've kind of lost hope in my democrat brothers and sisters because they really have drank the kool-aid you know i hate to use that term but they really have and no matter what facts you give them no matter what perfect example is my mom is a public health nurse she's was well was has retired recently um for almost 50 years she was a public health nurse so when this covid pandemic began um my mother was like this is ridiculous why are these nope Healthy people don't wear masks. This doesn't make sense. What, what's going on? And, and no matter how many times she would try to talk to people, on the Republican side, it was that people were very open to listening to what she had to say, and they might not agree with her, but they were open to conversation. And unfortunately, the Democrat side, they're not open to discussion. There is, the CNN gods have told us that we must wear, God Fauci has told us that we must do this, so now we must do it. And when I say but Dr. Fauci just said not to just a couple months ago he said that it was just a a way to make you feel more comfortable it wasn't it wasn't any it wasn't effective and they said oh but now that the science has changed i'm like no the science didn't change honey No. Nope. the media narrative changed and you are drinking it in like it's the, you know the nectar of the gods and it drives me so crazy but I Slowly but surely, I am seeing Democrats wake up. The Republicans, definitely. Independents, definitely. But I, I'm concerned about the, I can't put the right word with it, but the, the whole the brainwashing of the Democrat Party to think that the government has, has deemed it, therefore we must, and the CDC making rules, the CDC deciding if cruise ships can run. I'm like, the CDC does not have the power to do this. Who decided that the CDC could make these decisions? I and people are allowing it. I, I it's it's very frustrating. Yeah, I'm it's very insane. especially where it's, I live.
2: Yeah, frustrating and insane. Jr. So uh, JB and I have gone round and round on this particular topic, but one of my conspiracy theories about all this uh, uh, pandemic stuff is that there's been kind of a collusion up in the the billionaire level, the CEOs like 3M and whatnot. That I mean, they didn't like make the pandemic or the release the virus but they saw an opportunity to make a bunch of money and all this PPE that that has been pushed and Fauci I mean, I would not be surprised if there's an email that comes out one day or some kind of knowledge that comes out one day that Fauci was paid millions by 3M to change his mind and say oh no 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 you need to wear masks do you think there were some CEOs of some big companies trying to manipulate our government to you know to pad their bottom line during all this
3: well i think the, uh, Fauci emails that just surfaced in the last week or so here are, uh, somewhat telling. And it's like, you were just talking about things are starting to leak out about, uh, the narrative that was being preached for how long well, may not have been, uh, um, opinion or lack of information, but it may have been certainly intentional. So. If that is the case, just like why it was intentional that, that we were all a bunch of kooks if we thought, uh, you know, this virus, you know, came from nature, then uh, if it if it wasn't intent or if it was intentional, then then we're just really talking about okay, why, what was their intent, what what, what were they doing, and it's always you know power and money, as you, you say a lot, uh, Britt. But uh, um, yep. there is a lot of money that this. Uh, that was lost and there's also a lot of money that has been gained as a a function of this uh, virus. So over time, I think it is gonna leak out. I think it's already starting to leak out and how complicit some of these players were that were in front of us every day telling us whatever narrative they wanted to and we had to believe them seemingly. Um, We're gonna find out that not only weren't they accurate, but there may have been something a little bit under the hood here that uh, where they're making some cash on it or certainly getting some influence. And I I, I think, uh, you know, Fauci's the tip of the iceberg myself. So do I, so do I. But every time I say that, JV pushes this little button, a train comes across the screen, it's kind of crazy. I'm
0: close. I haven't seen it yet. I know you are. Before,
2: (laughs) Before I go to you, JV, real quick, everybody in chat, please, please, please smash that like button. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, Please, you know stop by YouTube and hit subscribe that helps us out a lot we are throttled heavily by YouTube and I'm actually super throttled right now on Twitter like my posts get zero engagement which is impossible so back to you JV uh do you would you like to comment on any of this or if you want roll on to something else
0: I do want to make a couple quick comments on what you said here first of all uh you know we were talking about you had some hope you're that you're, you're you're usually the glass half empty guy and now you know this particular story gave you a reason to think maybe glass half full at least for a few minutes but i I'm, I'm going to take the other <laughs> role for a second here because YouTube just just suspended Senator Ron Johnson for seven days for for talking what? about yes for talking about um um uh, hydrocloxic uh, hydro 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 hydroxychloroquine uh, yeah, hydroxychloroquine every time <laughs> I got to relearn how to say that word every single time hydroxychloroquine right is that right Trish hydroxychloroquine yes okay I got it um yeah so you know we we just had a stu- several studies released that this drug has some effectiveness have you ever seen anything like this? you had governors banning the banning the banning doctors from prescribing a medication for their patients that they felt would help them a cheap uh Safe, effective medication. And governors, Democrat governors, by the way, were were banning it in their state saying doctors cannot prescribe this medication. I mean, this this is a level of of insanity that defies explanation. Now, um, continuing on that thought, it's interesting to note. That prior to the lockdowns and prior to the pandemic really getting a foothold here in the United States, when Trump was taking action like uh, the travel ban, he was being criticized by Joe Biden and the Democrats. Uh, Fauci wasn't criticizing. Mean, in fact, Fauci came out and said he he supported this, in fact, recommended it. And Fauci was saying things at that time like everything that he recommended to President Trump, Trump took action on. There was very little disagreement or certainly no disregard by President Trump of Fauci's recommendations. But, you know, as things got worse and as the pandemic uh, started to take a foothold here in the United States and it became a political hot button, then all bets were off. And everything from that point forward by the media, by the Democrats, by maybe Fauci was designed to, to make sure that Trump got either no credit or all the blame for everything that was happening. And that was their, I don't know if money was involved, Britt, I don't know. But it really was a political uh, effort on all levels, uh, from what I can tell. And it was effective. It worked. It got Trump out. Now now they're starting to say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we you know—we were wrong about the lab leak. Oh, yeah, we were wrong about Trump uh, clearing uh, the, the street to hold a Bible. Uh, we were, oh, yeah, we were wrong about... Um, You know, about hydroxychloroquine, you know, you know, now they can say it, but they they offer a slight correction and then they move on to their next series of lies. And that's what we're dealing with. Speaking of series of lies, you know, now we've got uh, after the infamous trip to the uh, Northern Triangle and to Central America for our vice president, Kamala Harris, in which. She made some ridiculous comment, which I will play for you in a minute again, where, uh, how, you know, yeah, she hasn't been to the border, but hey, I haven't been to Europe either, so what's the big deal? Um, well, as she, since she's come home, she's starting to change her message a little bit. When she was in... Uh, The Northern Triangle, I think it was when she was actually in Guatemala, she gave a speech with the president of Guatemala, and in that speech she said, don't come. Do not come to the border. You will not get in. We will turn you away. Well, she's starting to change her tone on this already. In fact, in an interview um, with a Spanish international news agency today— she was commit. She said she was committed to ensuring the United States is a safe haven for people seeking asylum. Jr. It sounds like "Don't Come, Don't Come" is no longer the rule of the day.
3: Well, usually it takes a little longer for someone to uh, change their mind that fast. But uh, her whole trip was just, you know, ridiculous. Um, I've been to the border. I'll go again. Well, <laughs> what what does that have to do with a ridiculous? um crisis that it, it's tragic what's going on down there and uh you know all these uh you know the cartels are making oodles of money kids are being trafficked drug drug it's, it's just an absolute mess and it's uh and it i look at it too as a, a security crisis and, a, and an economic crisis because uh we're you know the faucet got turned on at election time You know, it it was that it was that black and white, really. And for them to claim it doesn't exist for the first three and a half months of his presidency. And now, I mean, she won't even go there. She she can't go there. If she were to go there, then they're going to have to address it. And uh, they're not stupid enough to do that.
0: Yeah. And I I want to actually play this cut again. This is uh, I'm sure we've all seen it 100 times, but it's still is just something that you just shake your head about.
3: There's one other topic I wanted to uh, talk to you about. But let me just quickly put a button. Do you have any plans to visit the border?
1: I'm here in Guatemala today at some point. You know, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border we've been to the border
3: you haven't been to the border
1: i and i haven't been to europe I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Well, I, I, I mentioned
3: it because I, even I, I know I, Republicans have certainly come at you on this. I,
0: I like playing that clip to that point because Lester Holt, who for a moment looked like a real journalist, like he actually asked a tough question, followed it up and was actually going to hold her to account for her answer, then goes to his. Well, Republicans are asking this, so it's not really me asking this. I'm only asking you this because those nasty Republicans are out there asking this question. Um. Trish, I have one more video that I want to play as it, as it relates to this, because, the you know, there's often talk about how the international community sees all of this. And there was frequently talk that they were laughing uh, at, at the Trump presidency. Well, it really turns out the opposite is true. They weren't laughing at Trump, but they're laughing now. Whenever she's stuck for an answer, she
3: just laughs. It's not funny. She hasn't even been to the border to see the crisis that she's created.
0: That's the Kenny Report on Australian television, Trish he you know he points out that whenever she can't answer a question she goes into this stupid cackle and uh you know how ridiculous her answer is uh so you know the world's catching on to what's happening here too
1: no they they absolutely are i i've i've traveled a lot i have a lot of friends who live overseas i have quite a few friends who live in the uk and i can tell you 100 percent that they are not buying the crap that the bc bbc is selling they know that the bbc is completely biased They know that what's being said, people in Europe embrace Trump and embrace what he is about because they are fighting the same battle over there. They are fighting the globalists who are trying to take over and take away their nationalism, take away their culture, take away their, I mean, I was just watching earlier today. um, um, I don't know if you guys watched um, Tucker earlier today, but um, Tucker actually had on a woman from Sweden who was talking about how in 10 years, Sweden went from being the safest country in Europe to being now the second most dangerous country because of the shift in demographics and the opening of their borders and bringing in immigrants. And they now have gun violence issues in Sweden. Did anybody think that there would be gun violence issues in Sweden of all places? I mean, this is absolute I didn't, I didn't have that on my bingo card. Yeah, no, I definitely not. And, and honestly, I Kamala makes my skin crawl she is the antithesis of what a true feminist is she gets caught in a corner she cackles that cackle 100 percent, tells you that she is lying her butt off and she doesn't care so her tell is so i'd love to play poker against her because i'd make a lot of money because her tells are so (laughs) easy to see
2: i have a question trish jv please Mm -hmm. permit uh or hillary which one is more Um, hated
1: both heinous. Both heinous. <laughs> I, I I'm not sure I'm not sure who is worse. A woman who would stand by her husband knowing that she he is a rapist and a sexual predator, or a woman who would get on her knees for a promotion and a BMW. I to me they're equally disgusting.
0: Yeah, they both kind of fall into that same lottery. Uh, and you know, your point is, is really well taken, Trish, because if if you've seen any of this G seven stuff, you've seen how giddy Boris Johnson is. Um, and the funny thing about Boris Johnson and, and the fact that he that he just went through Brexit. He has to understand what his what his people are feeling and how this globalist uh, agenda is something that they rebelled against with their vote to get out of the EU. So it's, well, but we did.
1: We he, he, did. You hear his comments earlier at the G7 today about how we need to make the world more gender neutral and yeah. feminist. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? What? the last thing we need is to be we need to be soft and emotional stop just stop with this I it's I'm I'm so disgusted at how leadership in the UK I mean I have cousins I'm, my, part of my family's from Scotland I I have cousins over there and I'm absolutely disgusted with how <laughs> they um, Boris presented himself as this fighter, and now he's turned into a balamush.
0: Yeah, and they keep they, he keeps that up, and, and Scotland will vote to uh, for independence, and uh, that'll be an interesting turn of events as well. Brett, I've got another video from uh, from the uh, Australian news agency. And
1: I appreciate that she's gone to Guatemala. I appreciate she's gone to Mexico. You know why? Because both of those leaders said that the Biden administration is the reason that they're having all these problems at the border.
0: So Nikki Haley, who's uh, in some circles considered to be a possible presidential contender, maybe vice presidential contender, uh, points out that uh, that uh, while there, Harris heard from the Guatemalan president, she heard from the Mexican president prior during an interview, I think, with Tucker Carlson, if I remember correctly, the El Salvadoran president said very similar things. And they all blame the Biden administration and their policies for what's happening at the border. If she's looking for her precious root causes, she has to look no further Brit than the white house.
2: That is absolutely true. I'm mean, real quick on Boris, Boris Yeltsin, Boris Yeltsin just watched what happened to Donald Trump. Who Are you was talking super about Johnson? Are you talking about Johnson?
0: Talking about Bo- Johnson? Boris Johnson.
2: Boris I'm sorry. Not Yeltsin. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Johnson. Thank you. Wrong oh country. Wait, Yeltsin is back. Well, actually, actually I'm, I'm blending leaders. Boris Johnson um, but he just watched what happened to Trump so and, and Trump's gone and he doesn't have Trump to, to ride the wing or you know surf the wake so to speak so he's like oh sh- I'm gonna put my head down because he doesn't have the money like Trump and if he gets taken out like Trump got taken out he is doesn't have the wherewithal to fight all the government lawsuits coming at him like Trump is dealing with as to uh Kamala Harris and uh those countries the, the Mexico and, and Guatemala, whatnot. Um, yeah, the, those leaders. Again, we didn't know what could be done until Trump come al- came along. We had been, as a world, so brainwashed by the by the by the leaders that this is the way it has to be. There's no other way to do it. Fit in the mold, you know. Politician does this. Politician does that. Politician does this. Politician does that. Blah blah blah. We fight. We argue. And then at the end of the day, we all get our grift and make our families rich. And then Trump hit. And holy crap, did he screw up the elites? But these third world countries that want to grow and have a stable country and they don't want their manpower and brain power being sucked out of their countries coming to the West. They loved what Trump was doing because those people were staying there. And then Trump was also saying, "Uh, yeah, you know, we're not giving you the money if you're doing this, that and the other thing. So that gave those leaders the the, the power to look at the cartels and go, hey, we can't we can't do this anymore. They're not giving us the money. So he gave them the tools. It's kind of like with your kids. I, I, would tell, I would tell my daughter when they were in high school, if, if you come home and I think you're stoned or you're drunk or you're on something, I am piss testing you. I'm taking you to the clinic. You were getting piss tests because that gave her the ability when she was in an uncomfortable situation with her friends to go, I, I can't do that because my dad will, will, will make me pee in a bottle. I can't get away with this. So I gave her a tool to fight. That's what Trump did to all these leaders around the world. He gave them that tool to fight and push back and say no. And now he's gone because we have a corrupt media and the voter fraud happened and we are where we are right now.
0: I'm going to change topics just a little bit here. Uh, You know how uh, during these discussions when we get talking about climate change, no matter where we're talking about it, often uh, these people, in fact, I saw it on The Five. I, I don't remember the girl's name. She's filling in the liberal chair of The Five. Her name is Jessica something. I don't know her last name. But they were talking about climate change, and she started quote all these, you know, these storms and these wildfires. Um, you know, if they're going to use that kind of evidence to support their argument that climate change is happening and, and that it's man-made and that it's going to devastate us, then they have to take note that in May of this particular year, uh, the United States saw 288 preliminary reports of tornadoes. None of these storms were rated as stronger than an EF two, making it the first time. There has not been a tornado of EF3 strength or stronger since May of 1950 when record keeping began. So in May of 2021, tornadic activity was a far cry from the unprecedented pace that unfolded a couple of years ago. So, uh, you know, if it was a trend in that, you know, climate change was getting worse. Therefore, you know, the end is coming. Doom is ahead of us. Then these trends should continue in the same way. But they're not. And. Uh, i want to play another video here for you because biden was uh, in kicking off his trip in europe was talking to uh, american soldiers and what did he say the biggest threat to the u.s armed services or the u.s people
3: was you know what the joint chiefs told us the greatest threat facing america was global warming because there'll be significant population movements fights over land millions of people leaving Places because they're literally sinking below the sea in Indonesia because of the fights over what is arable land anymore.
0: Everything he said there is not true. None of that is true. But he stands there and he says it as though it is true. And people hear it and they believe it, they repeat it. But it doesn't end with just Biden. And forgive me for talking for so much, but I'm going to go to you first, Trish. But Janet Yellen. Is now lobbying Congress for billions of dollars to help other countries with their debt debt relief and their climate change initiatives. Secretary of uh, the Treasury Janet Yellen asked Congress for billions of dollars to help other to help foreign countries with climate change and debt relief efforts. Uh, first of all, uh, Trish, they they're spending like maybe they do believe there's no tomorrow because they're spending like it.
1: Oh, no, they absolutely believe that we're all going to be dead in 10 years. I, I, I just look at what's happened in my life. Let's, let's start with when I was a kid. It was we had to prepare for the oncoming ice age. I remember reading National Geographic and oh, we yeah. were all going to be under an iceberg and, you know, glaciers, and we were all going to be dead. And then it was acid rain right? We were, all the crops were going to die. We were all going to die of starvation because acid rain was going to destroy everything. And then we had the hole in the ozone layer, and we were all going to die of cancer because the sun was going to irradiate all of us. And then it was, you know, sea levels rising. Florida was going to be underwater because the sea level was going to rise by 20, whatever it was, 2020, and we were all going to be dead in Florida. It's just another manufactured crisis so that they can ask for more money they can tax you more that they, they they it's all about money and power and that's all this is because people will will give whatever they think if they're scared if they live in constant state of fear they will hand over their money because you have to save us and that's it's just it's been going on since as long as i can remember
0: jr treasury secretary yellen said the united states must lead in addressing the this global divergence she said the treasury department is prepared to be part of this leadership we just need the resources she went on to say that um that she's requesting at least a billion dollars which by today's standard doesn't seem like too much anymore but she's requesting a billion dollars to help uh, developing countries fight climate change now there are a bunch of things she asked for but i want to talk about this one this was the fourth one in her list She said, uh, we have to help low-income nations grapple with the reality of climate change because it's the only way we'll reach net zero emissions as a global community. JR, pick any part of this discussion, but but in response to that particular paragraph, none of this means anything. Let's assume for a second that it was all true that this climate thing is all, let's just assume, I don't think it is, but let's assume, if China doesn't step up to the plate and change their behavior, nothing we're doing here will make a bit of difference.
3: If the, if the initial most important target to hit is some of these unindustrialized poor countries, uh, the needle, if if they're, the premise you're, you're taking here is, is that the, they're correct in, in climate change, is man-made, why on earth would you start with the countries that aren't, you know, contributing uh, much of anything to it, if at all? Uh, but like you said, a billion is like you know, unconsequential seemingly, uh, based on these trillion-dollar uh, deals we're doing lately here. But, but if you want to move the needle, if uh, you know the Paris uh, uh, Climate Initiative wanted to move the needle, then they would take the countries that are contributing most. In theory, to climate change, and you would make China uh, have some targets that had to be achieved, not not have the United States put all this money in when we've already achieved the targets. Uh, we we've made more uh, movement towards being a cleaner country um, by going energy independent and 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 having natural gas, you know, and fracking than uh, than than anyone, and yet we had to put all this money in. And uh, China had uh, nothing they really had of any consequence. So to say that these, you know, to to make this an initiative where we want to make these poor countries uh, receive money to move the needle, uh, the needle ain't going to get moved by focusing on them. I can tell you that
0: uh britt because we're starting to run out of time i'm going to bring in one more topic here then you can come on any comment on any of this take it where you want to go um but there's a report coming out from portland oregon and parents are getting upset we've kind of touched on this already but there's a Coming backlash against woke public schools and what they're teaching our children, specifically in Portland, Oregon, children are being taught that the, the narrative that America is fundamentally evil and that the rioters who continue to wreak havoc on Portland uh, are actually heroes. Um, according to a reporter, the schools have self-consciously adopted the pedagogy of, uh, oppressed, of the oppressed as their theoretical orientation activated through a curriculum of critical race theory and enforced through the appointment of de facto political officers within the individual schools. Now, there's a couple complaints coming from the parents here, specific complaints that I'm going to mention. Um, One is parents don't want their children to be taught that they are oppressors. Two is parents don't want their children sexualized with a constant discussion of gender fluidity and other concepts that are considered that were considered mental illnesses just a few years ago. And number three, parents of female athletes are outraged that their daughters are losing spots on varsity teams to biological males. And one other point I'll make on this, these points these parents have pointed out in international law. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights and Related Treaties all proclaim that parents have a right to insist that children receive an education that is consistent with the values of their of the parents. Uh, take any of that. Take any of that you want. Yeah.
2: Okay. So there's a lot there. Um, so real quick, we're going to go to the rules for radicals. Their plan is absolutely out there for us to read. Rule number eight: Keep the pressure on, never let up. That is what we are experiencing. They have their rules, and they're following them. All you got to do is read: Read Mein Kampf, Communist Manifesto, Rules for Radicals. Uh, if you really want to start widening your uh, uh, your your education of, of reading on politics, uh, the the first uh, the first circle, the fourth turning. All these books will educate you on what's going on. And once you read those, and there's a handful of other than a lot of Thomas Sowell stuff, then this is really easy to see. You got to start young, and that's what they're doing. And Washington is exceptionally woke. Um, Once, when you start molding their brains in that first couple, three years of being in school, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, that's when they're the most impressionable, you get that base down there. Man, you have, your, you have your mind-numbed robots that will march for whatever you say. They'll march right in to the firing line because that's how they've been uh, 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 trained, schooled. All you got to do is look over at the Middle East, go to Gaza Strip. From knee-high to a grasshopper, they are trained to hate the Jews, they hate the infidels, they hate the West. Their first words out of their mouth are, kill Jews. Basically, they are given guns and hand grenades and explosives at young ages. They are taught. They're showed images of dead soldiers, of dead Israeli soldiers, which they're educated, dead Jews. Good thing. And then what do we expect when they grow up to be teenagers and then we import them into our country like Sweden? What do we expect? It's what they been. This is their base level hard drive. Reboot reset function is to hate us for who we are, to hate the West. And that's what they're doing up there in Washington. I swear to God, over in the Middle East, or Osama bin Laden's looking down for, or looking up, I don't know which, but he is just laughing. Oh. Our own educational system is doing more damage to our country than Osama bin Laden could have ever done with a million planes.
0: Yeah, that's true. And it doesn't end there. I'm going to just uh, touch on one more thing here because the Biden Education Department has announced a blueprint to make equity the focus of schools. You'd think the great unifier would uh, hear what parents are saying and maybe, you know, try to put something together that's going to make everybody happy, but instead the Biden, uh, Biden Department of Education outlined on Wednesday how it'll spend the American Rescue Plan's historic funding for schools in order to advance equity as a, this is a very important series of words here, as a central focus of education in the nation's public schools. Not math, not science, not reading, Trish. We're talking about equity as the central focus of education in America.
1: Yeah, because it's equitable to take away AP courses, right? And this, it's, it's absolutely insane what's happening in the schools. I mean, we're taking, anybody who thinks that no one is going to get taken away from in this whole equity cause is delusional. The, the students who are gifted and talented will always have resources taken from them every single time. And going back to the whole discussion about radicals, why do you think the federal government's pushing so hard for free pre-K for every child on the planet? That's why. Yep. They can get them even sooner than than kindergarten. They can get them at two years old and they can start training them to think the way they want them to think. It's, and people are thinking, oh, this is a great thing. All the single mothers out there are so happy because now they have free, picking can send their kids to school and they don't have to worry about it now. It's, yeah, it's, the, it, educational system is not what it is supposed to be doing right now. And that's why you're seeing I mean, I I love Corey DeAngelis. If you guys don't follow him on Twitter, you totally Uh need to. Corey DeAngelis is amazing. And his push for getting more parents involved. It's working homeschooling is going through the roof more and more people pulling their kids out of schools more and more legislatures pushing to fund students instead of systems because the systems are failing and putting more money into a failing system makes no sense.
0: And, Jr, we kind of started this night tonight talking a little bit about education. You've got some experience with it, and we might uh, extend a minute or two over here. But um, the amount of money that was put into the American Rescue Plan, the, the, the COVID stimulus, whatever you want to call it, Bill, $1.9 trillion, the amount of money that was earmarked for education at the demand of the teachers' unions was – a very significant amount, $126 billion, maybe more. I'm not entirely sure what the figure ended up being. However, now they're talking about, now that that money's been allocated, now that it's there for COVID relief, now they're going to use it for this equity uh, uh forcing equity upon all the public's education systems around the country with this money. So you can touch on anything you want to end uh, the night here, Jr. but uh, this, this, you know, has a big uh, a red flag, probably a, probably a darker flag as well, because it's going to mean dark days for the education system.
3: Well, to do what you want to do, you got to have money. And one thing COVID did, it created a lot of money. And, you know, I've got kids, guess what? They struggled through COVID educationally. And now that all this money is coming to the states and the schools have to create plans to uh, create programs as part of the recovery, uh, you don't get the money. You got to create a plan, you've got to spend it, and then you get reimbursed for it. And the plans in New York are due next week. And I can tell you the majority of the guidance for those plans isn't out yet. So it's gonna be a fire drill putting your plan together. So, uh, but but if you wanna create uh, an agenda that you want to achieve, you've gotta have the money. And one thing that this pandemic did was, you know, when, they, when the house is on fire, you don't care how much water you're using, right? So guess what? We got money passed that we would never have gotten passed before. And now with the resources to do these things, what we've seen is all the buzzwords. Climate change is the biggest crisis we have, right? I, I think it was a good thing those troops had masks on because uh, I think we would have seen some, uh, I guess we could have saw the eye rolls, but we, do, we didn't see all the expressions happening. But it, it, every liberal cause is trying to be funded now. And, to, to, and I think that will be their undoing. But uh, in education, as, as as Britt talked about really quickly there, um, that's how you create fundamental change in a country is by educating the young and not and, and also being a revisionist in history. So,
0: And we're seeing both. Britt, uh, I don't know if you want to go to a minute oh. or two over, if you've got something you want to talk about or you want to hold it for the next show. It's up to you.
2: Um, I can hold it for the next show. You know what? i got one real quick thing. I just want to remind everybody that Trump was right. I just want to remind them Trump was right. The media lied to you. The politicians lied to you. The doctors lied to you. Well, maybe not the doctors, they were forced to lie. But Trump was right. That's all. Just want to say he's right.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've seen we've seen a lot of that recently. Trish, thanks so much for being here with us tonight. Great job. Uh look forward to having you back to the program. Did it feel comfortable for you? It sounded like you felt comfortable.
1: Yeah, I just I, I I'm not used to not talking so much, so this is good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> JR, JR, always good to see you. Next time I want to see a hat matching the shirt and pants matching the shirt as well. Maybe even a cape. I think JR needs to have a cape. Oh my cape, god. Right? I mean, I think that'll complete can, the- we,
3: can, we can we can work on the cape. I got the shorts. Oh, the shorts nice. are wilder than the shirts. Oh, so, this, is uh, this is
0: great. This oh is well, we're, we're inching our way oh toward 4th of July, so that'll be perfect. Uh, Britt, we want people to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do so. We also have a Roku channel. If you have a Roku yep. TV or your Roku device, find the Independence channel on Roku, and you can subscribe to that there. There's no fees for any of this. You can also find us on uh, Twitch. and we're, Oh, we're on Rumble. Where else? Where else? The podcast? Where else?
2: Podcast platforms podcast platforms rumble twitch yeah yeah you know you got it all jv good job good job
0: thank you subscribe
2: to you might, w- you might have you might you might have a career in radio yet
0: do you think i have a future in this business uh, uh i think so s- subscribe to them all it doesn't hurt to subscribe to them all and as i said as britt and i have both said if we end up like ron johnson someday senator johnson and you come here to see the hear the program see the program on a monday wednesday friday night and it's not there for some strange reason go to one of these other places and await further instructions because it means one of us has said something, probably Brit, that we shouldn't have, (laughs) and and YouTube won't like us for a while. So um, just heed that advice. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you for being here, everyone. Thank you to our chat room, some great comments there. Love you all. We'll see you next time.